worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anything Ghost, number 284. Welcome to Anything Ghost. My name is Lex Wall. Anything Ghost is a place where people share their personal paranormal experiences, and I share them with you on this show. If you have one to share, send it to lex at anythingghost.com. I have a lot of stories to share, but in an unusual twist, most of the stories are self-narrated, all but one. So I hope you enjoy show number 284. And the first story we have is from Jennifer in Missouri City, Texas. My Haunted House in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. It was about 1980 to 81. I was around 11 years old, living in the outskirts of Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We lived in a house that was a fairly rural area. Our neighbors were farmers and cattle owners, so the homes were spread out and it was fairly quiet and remote. I lived there with my mother and twin sister. My mother had been transferred to Poplar Bluff for her job, and we only lived in this house for about one year before moving back to Texas, where I was originally from. I don't know what year the house was built, but it was not very old at the time. It looked as if it was probably built sometime in the 1970s. The layout of the house is important to this story. It was built on a hill, so the front of the house looked to be two stories, but from the back of the house you could see that it was three stories. This was because the basement was buried in the front, but not buried in the back at all. When you walked in the front door, you were immediately in the living room, which had an open floor plan with a breakfast area at the far back of the room. There was a bedroom on each the left and right side of the living room. The bedroom on the right was mine. The bedroom on the left was my sister's. 
If you looked toward the far back wall, you would see the breakfast area with a small dining room table in front of a window overlooking a very creepy backyard, which I will elaborate on shortly. To the right of the dining room table was an entrance to a small kitchen. To the left of the dining room table was a door with a staircase that went down into the basement that we used as a family room to watch television. There was also a staircase in the living room that went upstairs to a single bedroom with a bathroom that my mother occupied. If you were to walk down that staircase to the basement, you would find one large room with the entire back wall made of glass so we had a view of the backyard. Now the creepy thing about it was our entire backyard was a very old cemetery. It occupied the entire yard and surrounded the house on the left side as well. It was oddly close to our house. My sister and I used to play in that cemetery and the graves were so old that if you accidentally stepped on them, they would sink. It was so long ago, but I remember seeing very old grave markers for soldiers and also many that were homemade and decorated with marbles. I had many experiences in that house that I could not explain. If you were to sit on a couch in the living room, your back would be toward the breakfast table with the basement stairs close behind your right shoulder. Many times sitting on that couch, I would hear a male voice, plain as day, call my name. And it was always coming from the basement. We had no males living in our house, and it always happened when I was alone. It sounded like a real person, but I knew it could not have been. I was young, and I did not know what to think, so thought maybe I was imagining things. My sister experienced someone calling her name as well in the house. I remember many times sitting on that couch and getting a feeling of someone behind me. I just remember a feeling of general uneasiness in that area. Sleeping at night at that house was terrifying. One night I was in bed, not yet asleep, when I began hearing the clanging of pots and pans in our kitchen. You'll remember that my bedroom was on the right side of the living room and the kitchen was on the right of the living room. So the room shared a wall. It was as if someone was holding two pans and banging them together as hard as possible. It was extremely loud. I was terrified. I was so terrified I couldn't do anything but lay there and wait for it to stop. I was too scared to get up. I certainly was not going to go out there and see what was happening. It turned out my sister heard that as well. We told our mother the next day, but she somehow had not heard it, which seemed impossible to us. She slept upstairs, but the house was pretty small and the noise was very, very loud. She told us that maybe we had mice. Of course, my sister and I knew it was not mice. Mice could not do that. The sounds were not coming from a pot falling over here and there. They were actually being intentionally clanged together loudly for an extended period. I also do not recall there ever being any evidence of mice while we lived there. This happened to both my sister and I on multiple occasions. 
It always happened at night when we were trying to get to sleep, and it was always terrifying. One night I was lying in bed and had just turned off my light and was not yet sleeping. That seemed to always be when things would start ramping up. I thought I could feel a very faint vibration in my bed. Very slowly that vibration began to get stronger and stronger. The vibration finally got so strong that my bed began to shake and I felt it lift off the floor. As it was happening, I couldn't believe it was happening. I thought I must have been imagining it. It was not possible. I have never been so terrified in my life. I was so scared that I just pulled the blanket over my head and lay there so terrified and waited for it to stop. It eventually did stop. But I just can't express the horror that I felt in that moment. That happened on multiple occasions in that house, and always seemed to be about the same time, just after I turned out the lights and was getting ready to go to sleep. I never told anyone at the time, not even my twin sister. I'm not sure why. I know she would have believed me, but I think I was having a hard time believing it myself. Many years later, my sister and I were telling our teenage girls the story about this haunted house. I told them about the bed vibrating and lifting off the floor. My sister's eyes got really wide, and she looked at me and said, That happened to me, too. I can only guess that those experiences may have something to do with the cemetery in the backyard. The cemetery closely surrounds the house, so I don't think it's possible that the house was built without displacing graves. Even if it didn't displace any, it's just too close. I always wondered what the story was for building that house, and who would have made such a decision. I'd never seen anything like it. The house was not particularly old, so it would not have had a long history of occupants. But I guess it could have been someone who lived there previously. Still, I think the cemetery is the most likely explanation. I do feel that someone or something in that house was evil. It was routinely terrifying my sister and I for some reason, but oddly completely ignored my mom. I also wonder if there were multiple entities. If the entity calling my name was the same one that terrified me in the bedroom at night. I guess I will never know that either. When we moved out of the house after a year, my sister and I never had those experiences again. I looked up the house on Google Earth a few years ago, and it looked like someone was still living there. I saw items on the front porch that looked as if they had children. I really hope they are okay and not experiencing what we went through. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey Lex, long-time listener. First time I'm actually submitting a story. Uh, my name is Mario, I'm from South Texas, and I actually have several stories for you, but I'm going to break them up so it's easier for you to post them on the podcast. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is when I was in high school. Uh, I ran cross country, and I had my first meet of the season the next morning. So I made it a point to go to bed early, even though I wasn't sleepy. So I get all my things ready, and I lay down, turn off the lights, and uh, the room that I was in in my house... Um, it was a trailer house that actually did not have a window in this room so and I didn't have a nightlight or anything like that so it was pitch black in there so I turned off the light I laid down I must have been laying there maybe in my estimation 30 seconds and then I feel like somebody sat on the bed next to my leg and immediately after that feeling I felt like somebody's face was right in my face at this point i was feeling pretty scared um i never experienced anything like this before and i just kept my eyes shut i didn't dare open them and i just kept saying in my head please go away please go away please go away it felt like an eternity before the feeling finally went away and I jumped out of bed, turned on the light, looked at the clock, and about two minutes had passed by since I had laid down, so I knew that I was not asleep. Um, So that happened to me in that room, and then um, once I finally told my family about this, I'm the oldest of four siblings, so uh, the other three of my siblings eventually ended up in that room. as they grew older and uh, I moved out of the house but my sister um, actually had a an experience in that room as well she had an old dial radio and the radio would change stations on its own um, all we would it would always end up on an AM station um, preaching gospel um, hardcore gospel like fire and brimstone type stuff and um, at the time she was a teenager and she said that she was just sitting in her bed um, writing a journal or whatever it is that girls that age do Um, she had a boyfriend at the time and like all girls do she had a poster on the wall of just filled with pictures of her and her boyfriend she loved him so much and she said that out of nowhere the poster flew off the wall ripped in half in midair and one piece went one way and another piece went the other way Um, because of that we are pretty sure that whatever spirit is in that room is male and was probably jealous that she had a boyfriend Um, the only other 
another experience uh, that was not mine. It was my dad's. Uh, when we first moved into that house when I was four years old, it used to be my parents' room. And he said one of the first few nights that they were staying there, they hadn't moved the bed or anything in there yet. And he and my mom were sleeping on the floor. And he said he woke up because he felt a pressure on his chest. And he was laying on his back. And he could f- feel more pressure. And the more pressure he was feeling the higher the sheet was rising above him, like if something was there and he couldn't move. Um, and he was desperately trying to wake up my mom. Uh, and he was finally able to move his hand enough to poke her side. And she woke up and before she rolled over to see what he wanted, um, the sheet just fell right back down and whatever was there um, was gone. So um, those are all the experiences from that room. And um, I'll do another recording for you. Like I said, I have several other things to post. So um, thank you for listening, Lex. Hey, Lex. This is Mario from South Texas again. I have another story for you. Um, When I was a kid... I must have been uh, around five or six years old. Uh, my younger brother and I shared a room, and we had bunk beds. And our beds were aligned right with the doorway uh, that leads to a hallway that led right down to the living room. So from our beds, you could see all the way down the hallway, into the living room, and even into the kitchen. Oh, I slept on the top bunk because I was older. Um, There was a back door in that hallway with a large window on it that the moonlight would always shine in through. Well, one night, just for no reason at all, I woke up and sat up. And when I sat up, there was somebody, I won't even say walking because it wasn't walking. It was more of a, a floating or a gliding down the hallway. Um, first thing I thought of when I saw this person, thing, spirit, um, to me it looked like Dick Tracy, um, that old show. He had a, a hat, a long trench coat, but where his face should be, where his arms should be, and from like the knee down was just black it's pitch black and I was kind of frozen in shock as it was gliding down the hallway towards my room um, it actually t- right before my room it turned left into uh, the restroom uh, and at the time our restroom door had a very distinct uh, squeak you always knew when somebody was opening or closing that door Um, I did not hear that I did not see the light get turned on and all I remember after that is covering my whole face with the blankets laying back down and then I woke up in the morning Um, in the morning I told my dad what I had seen and he just said oh don't worry about it that was just that was just your grandpa he just came uh, came over late last night 
when I got older, I realized he was just trying to ease my fear so I wouldn't be afraid. Um, but as I got older and I matured into an adult, um, it's the first time that I actually heard of the Hat Man. Um, and then I realized what it was that I had seen. So I have seen the Hat Man in my lifetime. I have only seen him once. Like everybody says, you only see him one time. Um, so yeah, uh, that was pretty scary for a kid. Um, I'm now an adult and I have a wife. I have three kids. Um, I have always been very susceptible to the paranormal. And my daughter, uh, who's 11 now, um, she has also gotten my gift. And I say gift uh, with air quotes because it's more of a curse than it is a gift. So uh, a few weeks ago, um, she woke up in the middle of the night and came to our room crying, which she hasn't done in a very long time since she was up. Five, or five years old and um, when I finally got her to calm down I asked her what had happened and she said that she woke up and uh, she couldn't move um, all she could do was open her eyes and look around the room and when she looked towards the corner of her room by her door she said she saw a figure there and the figure felt very oppressive um, she had a lot of fear, aside from the fact that she couldn't move. She said she just felt a very evil presence. So I said, well, what does the, what did the figure look like? And she said, it looked like Abraham Lincoln. And I looked at her and I said, Abraham Lincoln? And she said, yeah, well, he had a hat and he had like a long coat. And I could see it when... He finally moved and walked out of my room. I could see it plainly from the light in the hallway. And I sat her down and the seal was already broken. So I explained to her about the hat man that I saw him as well when I was a child and that she doesn't need to be afraid because all the research that I've done, everybody only sees him once. Um, so those are the two experiences that I have and my daughter has with the hat man. Luckily, my wife and my oldest son and my youngest son are not as sensitive to the paranormal as my daughter and I are. Um, I'm really glad for that because let me tell you, this is not something that's fun to deal with. Um, so I have some more to record that I'll send to you. Um, thanks for listening, Lex. And while we're doubling up on stories, this is a second story from Jennifer in Missouri City, Texas, who sent us the one about her childhood haunted house at the beginning. And this one's called My Grandmother. A few years ago, my grandmother passed away. She had lived a very long life and died of old age. She had been living in a nursing home for several years prior to her death, but her three sons, one of them being my father, had kept her house, and all its contents were still in it. 
In those few years before she died, I still stayed in the house when I would go to Texas to visit, even though she was no longer there. She lived in that house my whole life, and it was filled with her things that meant so much to me and reminded me of her. Of course, once she was gone, her three sons finally decided to sell the house. That meant everything in the house had to be distributed among family or given away. One thing about my grandmother that not everyone knew was she had premonitions throughout her life. She used to have them mostly in dreams. She dreamed that her mother was going to die, and then she died. She dreamed that her sister was going to die, and she died. She told me that whenever someone would get pregnant, she would always dream whether it would be a boy or a girl. And her premonitions always seemed to be right. She used to keep a journal by her bed, so when she woke up at night, she could immediately write down her dreams, and she encouraged me to do the same. She would talk to both myself and my twin sister about her premonitions sometimes. We always thought it was interesting. After she died, I remember mentioning something about her premonitions to a group of close family members. No one seemed to know what I was talking about. I realized then that she never told any of the family members about her premonitions except for myself and my sister. She was a very intuitive person. And maybe she just knew that we would be more accepting and believe her. This is not something that everyone in my family would believe. I assume that is why she did not tell the others, at least no one that I know of. My sister told me a story about something that happened after my grandfather died. My sister was sitting with her at the kitchen table after the funeral, along with some other close family members. My grandmother was distraught and asked my sister a strange question. She asked, Are you thinking what I'm thinking? My sister immediately answered her and said, That is not granddad in that cemetery. My sister told me that she does not know how she knew what she was thinking, but she did know. Everyone else at the table said nothing. She knew my grandmother was thinking that her husband was not in that cemetery all alone. I think both my sister and my grandmother shared that same intuition. After my grandmother died, I drove to Dallas for the funeral. One day I was standing in my grandmother's garage with my father, his two brothers, and one of his brother's wives. We were discussing the furniture and other items in the garage that we had to find a home for, when an old non-working clock that was in the garage started chiming for no apparent reason, right next to us. We all just stopped talking and looked at the clock and then looked at each other. We were all quiet for a minute. The clock stopped chiming. Then my uncles ignored it and began talking again. When that happened, I knew immediately it was my grandmother. She had all three of her sons together in one place in her home. She was trying to get their attention. I could feel it, and made me wonder if maybe because some of her intuitiveness was passed down to me as well. Regardless, I had no doubt it was her. I could tell that her sons were caught off guard as well. There was just a feeling in that garage that could not be denied. 
And I have some emails that I'll share with you real quick. Arthur P. Uh, was I was chatting back and forth with him, and uh, he asked me what my favorite episode was of Anything Ghost. He's a VIP member. If you want more information on the VIP group, go to anythingghost.com and join the VIP group. It's a one-time charge, and you get complete access to all of the Anything Ghost episodes that have been going on since January of 2006. But he asked me what the what I thought was the best episode. And I didn't really know. There's been so many, but uh, I noticed one thing while I was putting, I was working on the VIP site. I was going through the older episodes, trying to get a gist of what each story was about to put a description when the listeners hear it on that site. And I found that the episodes in the 40s, like 41, 42, 43, up to 49, were had some really good stories in there. So if you're interested, if you're a VIP member, I'd check out the stories from the 40s. Not the 1940s. It doesn't go back that far. But from episodes number 40 to 49, there were some great stories in there. And in fact, one of the most popular Anything Ghost stories was from episode number 42, the uh, uh, haunted apartment with Laura from San Francisco. That was episode 42. Really good stories in there. Okay, and then... Also, a happy birthday to Kelly Joe. Happy birthday to you. And somebody else, I didn't write down their name, but they wrote, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. Been listening to your show for over a decade. And thank you to that mysterious person. Sorry I didn't get your name. And I'll send you back to the land of ghost stories right after this. Those of you who have been listening to Anything Ghost know that I'm a big fan of a free-to-download match-three game called Best Fiends. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And you'll also know that I consider Best Fiends the best match-three style game, no contest. Best Fiends has so much more character than those other games where you smash boring bits of candy. Those who are engulfed in Best Fiends, like me, are actually playing through a storyline. There are good guys, the fiends, and the not-so-good guys, the slugs. And as you move along the colorful map, you also pick up more character-filled fiends along the way, and they help you win each level with their special talents. I just picked up the yellow fiend, Maple, and with the gold and other points I'd accumulated, I was able to get Maple evolved to a powerful character and had her helping me with some of the more challenging puzzles right away. Best Fiends is an action-packed and brain-boosting game, and I love that it's not timed, like so many other Match 3 games out there. I can play Best Fiends like a chess game and take my time and plan out my next move. Or if I want to play a quick game, I can do that as well. I'm closing on level 2000, but Best Fiends has thousands of levels and is adding new content all the time, so it keeps boredom on the run. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Story from Christina in Oslo County, North Carolina. The Moaning Man. I'm going to take you guys back to my home of Onslow County, North Carolina. At a time, I would have been nine years old. And I was visiting my friend Sarah, who at that time lived in the Southgate Trailer Park just off of the highway. It was summertime. We had time to kill. It was a beautiful day. And we must have been bored out of our minds because out of the blue, she said to me, there's this haunted house nearby. 
And I'm like, wait, what? Are you for real? And she was speaking in earnest. She said there was this abandoned house that you can't get up to because there's this man ghost who will start moaning and scare you off. And when she told me that, I, I didn't believe her. I said, no way. You got to show me. Not real. So she's like, okay, then come on. And I follow her lead. We go outside. And she takes me out the back end of the trailer park across these open, overgrown fields of grass and weeds through the tree line and into this neighborhood we otherwise had no business being in. It was a brand new development. So the houses were practically uniform and identical. Freshly painted, brightly, beautiful colors. The lawns were impeccable. Everything was paved and sidewalks were nice and neat. Like leave it to beaver, beautiful, clean, modern suburbia. So I'm following her lead and she's leading me through this place I'd never been before. When we come upon this plot of land that was truly out of place, right in the middle of this beautiful suburbia was this grove. No sidewalks, the sidewalk ended and it was old gnarly trees and fallen branches and scraggly weeds, barely nothing for grass. And standing there on the curb, the walk path down the very middle of the plot, this overgrown, barely visible, worn footpath leading straight on to this truly abandoned house. It was old clapboard style, so weathered there was no paint. It was just washed gray. Busted glass, you know, missing shingles. The steps were crooked. It was bizarre and very disorienting in that all around us was this beautiful, modern, reassuring neighborhood that had just sprung up around this property like they were pretending it didn't exist and ignoring it as they got on with the rest of modernization. It was like um, stepping out of time, this place. This huge eyesore. <laughs> and Sarah pointed and said needlessly, well, there it is, that's it. So I'm like, are you coming? Come on, let's go. Nuh-uh, she says. You wanted to see it, you go see it. I'm going to stand right here on this curb. Pff, girl, whatever. So I start on down, or I should say up this barely visible path, thinly worn. I, the soil was more sandy than anything else. It was spooky. And if I had been paying any attention, I should have noticed. 
that there were no birds, no rustling squirrels, n no sounds, no sign of life in these trees. I was fixated on this house and I must have been about halfway up the path when, truth be told, it started. It was a bellowing, guttural, vibrating moan that just swirled up from all around. It was in the air. It was in the trees. It just came down on top of me, this echoing, overwhelming moan that just droned on. He sounded like anguish and anger and it reverberated like it was coming down a tunnel. It was really bizarre and it was directed straight at me and pure instinct took over. I did not give it a split second of a thought. I turned on my heels and I bolted as fast as I could back to Sarah standing on the curb and I stupidly, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And we just took off. We ran and she was mad as a hornet at me. I told you and you didn't believe me. And I told you. Oh, I wish I could have seen my face, but I didn't care. I, I just ran and I don't know who was leading the way. We just ran. Um, and the farther we got, the longer we went, like my head started to clear, the fear subsided. And with that, I regained my senses, my resolve. And with that curiosity and determination, I guess, Back in the safety of the bright, sunny, leave-it-to-beaver suburbia, I could not process what just happened. That couldn't have been real. I want to go back. And I hadn't been paying any attention to where we were or how we got there. I did not know the street signs or hadn't noticed any landmarks. I was completely at the mercy of Sarah's lead and I begged her to take me back. I had been intrigued. Like, who was that? What was that? How did it happen? What's the story behind that property? And why is he guarding that house? What's it like inside? I want to see. I'm thinking in my child logic, if all that guy has got in his arsenal is a spooky moan, surefire bet I can make it to the front door and peek inside no sweat. I want to know. But Sarah was adamant. She refused. She was done with it. 
and there was no coaxing her. So I relented and I dropped the issue. But to this day, I wonder what's with that property? How could everybody pretend like that wasn't happening? And if it happened right on cue, just like Sarah said, just like it proved to be, how could something like that go unnoticed? I'll never know. And here's a song I wrote for the Halloween season upcoming. Or if you want to say upcoming Halloween season, that's fine. But I call it, But No One Was There. And it's available if you want to buy it. It's available at Bandcamp. And the URL is lexwall.bandcamp.com. B-A-N-D camp. And it's garnered a lot of attention. At this point on Bandcamp, it's had on Sunday as of today, it's had zero listens. Just kidding. Enjoy, but no one was there. My name is Kara and I live in Los Angeles and I have a story for you. So my daughter is about five years old now, but when she was four, she started telling me and her dad about her sister that would come visit her at night. And uh, kids make up stories all the time and have imaginary friends. So I didn't think much of it, Um, but she would keep talking about her sister who would come at night. And I asked her, well, what does your sister look like? And she would say, oh, she looks just like me, but she has long brown hair. And my daughter has blonde hair. And I would ask her, what's your sister's name? And she would say, oh, her name is Ceiling because she lives on the ceiling. And that would always creep me out. Um, And I would talk to my husband about it. And he was saying, well, maybe it's she's like seeing through to another dimension or something because there's something that my daughter doesn't know that when I was first pregnant with her she actually had a twin and I lost the twin around week 12 um and we did tests afterwards and we found out that the twin would have been a girl 
Um, never told her. A lot of friends and family don't even know that because we weren't telling people yet that I was pregnant at that point. So she has no idea that originally she did have a sister. So she still talks about her sister quite a bit and how she comes to visit her at night on the ceiling, which is terrifying. And we had another baby about a year and a half ago who was a boy. And so she would say, oh, ceiling has a little brother too. And your ceiling's mommy as well. And I'd say, okay, well, who, what's ceiling's brother's name? And she told us his name was Billy. And she didn't know this, but Billy was actually a name that we were considering for her little brother. Uh, We never told her that. I don't know. She could have just pulled that name out of thin air, but she seems very confident about it. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting story. She's never said anything else that has been creepy or scared me. So I don't know. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed it. Thanks, Lex. So Halloween's quickly approaching. And that can only mean the Anything Ghost Mega Macabre show is quickly approaching. And this year will be the 15th of these Halloween specials. So if you want to join in and you have a personal ghost story or a local ghost legend to share with the Anything Ghost Mega Macabre show, send them to lex at anythingghost.com. It's going to be out on October 24th. That's a Sunday. And so try to get your story in the week before that. And actually, in October, I'm going to have two episodes of Anything Ghost. There's one two weeks before the Mega Macabre show, and that one will be on October 10th, also a Sunday. So if you like Anything Ghost, you're going to like October. Well, that's all I have for you for show number 284 of Anything Ghost. Again, if you have a story to share, send it to Lex at anythingghost.com or fill out the form at anythingghost.com. Okay, everybody, until... Episode number 285. Have yourself a wonderful week and take care.